0: You've heard uh, the phrase, the great turning, in recent years. It's a Joanna Macy term, and it's the great turning from the industrial growth society to the life-sustaining society, and uh, a consummation devoutly to be wished, right? Um, But the great turning begins with the great unraveling. And one of the things Joanna Macy taught and still teaches Uh, that I also saw reflected in the work by Sherry Mitchell. She's a Native American writer, and she's written a book about wisdom for this time. And they both agree that we do not need to spend a lot of energy raging against the outdated institutions that are making all kinds of trouble, because those institutions will fade and fail on their own. And that what we really need to do is be building the world that we want to live in. And so that decline of those institutions is, is the great unraveling. They are just going to fall apart on their own. And yes, there's going to be real suffering. Um, they're going to take a lot of lives and a lot of, of ecosphere with them. Um, but, but that unraveling is inevitable. And I think having that framework has helped me in the midst of this time, the impossibility of the least qualified um, leader of the free world, uh, maybe arguably ever. And um, this global pandemic and um, the failing of the economy for non-billionaires and then the ongoing um, ecocide that we are seeing most manifest in California right now in these wildfires caused by climate change and drought, um, that that I sort of, um, I've had a framework for those things. So I think I'm a little less paralyzed. And, and of course what they are is they're a harbinger of opportunity that there's an opportunity. You can taste it um, for something radically different to happen. And Quakers have been a part of radical societal change in the past because we've sort of have had a North Star right through whatever the mess was so that when something opened up, we were ready to move in that direction. I remember years ago seeing a bumper sticker that said, I'm already against the next war. And I thought, yeah, that's Quakers. Like I don't, you know, whatever you got, I'm, I'm against it. You know, <laughs> I'm already against the next war. You don't need to give me your arguments. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be unconvinced. And um, so, we, you know, we want to see a society that has equality and for every person, that every human person is able to realize their full potential. We know that as a principle um, that, has a, that has a spiritual origin, that of God and everyone. And so, Um, that's what's exciting to me at this time. And I do feel down. I I listened to some of the Republican National Convention yesterday, um, driving home from seeing my father last week down the Central Valley with just this incredible haze and the sun, the color of blood um, because of the smoke and pollution from the fires. Um, It's not that I'm skipping blithely, but it is that I have an eye to Uh, what wonderful thing um, is being born in this time? Well, it starts with the grief work. And uh, of course, we're always doing grief work in end-of-life care. Uh, People are grieving uh, the ending of their own lives or they're grieving um, something that never happened and now never will. Uh, they're grieving just departing. A lot of folks are actually pretty okay with their dying, and the hardest part is that they're going to leave people that they love, just like our ancestors left, um, are not well non Native Americans um, left where they were from, and and could expect not to see those people anymore. And so um, so we're always doing grief work and Joanna Macy starts with grief work that when we whether we know we're connected to the earth or not we are cells in this Gaia body and we know that it's in trouble and suffering and so we have this this very intense almost cosmic grief and then we have our individual griefs right our individual losses our individual pain but I think there is some deep grief work that we need to do Uh In order to be able to free ourselves up um, to move, you know, into the life, um, in order to be able to to move with the kind of, of courage and 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 speed that we need to. Well, I think the the thing that's been with me since since this trip down the state uh, last week. The trip was supposed to be really restorative. We were going to camp and sit by a lake and um, everything was on fire. So we just we just drove home in a hurry down Interstate 5. And um, like I said, the air quality was just terrible. And the sun was the color of blood. And um, as much as I accept the great unraveling, um, It is very difficult not to be fearful. And I think there's a reason that every faith tradition, every spiritual tradition, uh, but certainly the Holy Bible itself, you know, admonishes us not to be afraid again and again and again. Um, Is that fear is just a great obstacle. It gets in our way. Um, But but we can't will ourselves to be fearless and and so i think i think it's good to be able to name the terror to say what is terrifying you right now what is fearful you know are we afraid um that my all my retirement savings are going up in smoke in the market or um i lost my job and i don't know how i'm going to pay rent or i'm really afraid of getting this virus or <clears throat> four more years of this administration and we'll be a failed state. I mean, if we can name our fears and sort of face them and then center, but I, th- I think the thing that we have to recognize is that no one looks upon the faith- face of God and lives. And so it, it is about annihilation. And when we embrace that, we can be freed from our fears. And when I need inspiration around that, because nobody recorded Jesus with a cell phone or something, I listen, I listen to Martin Luther King's uh, mountaintop speech, and it is so clear that he understands that he is preaching uh, renewed economics, nonviolence, a world without war, uh, and racial equity. He is, in other words, preaching a radical gospel of love and that the powers that be that rome is going to kill you if you do that he knows that it's it's so clear and yet and yet he's undeterred and we have to figure out how we carry our own cross Um, because otherwise we cannot be the liberative witness in the that the world is needing there's not going to be an easy way to sign an online petition or send a check you know that's all good to do um especially for these dying institutions that need our help but um we are playing for all the marbles and um it's a high stakes game there's a lot of risk and it, and it is frightening. And at the same time, the word courage, courage, you know, comes from a heart to be encouraged is to be enheartened. And I think we should be enheartened. And that our Quaker communities should be, um, well, you know, schools of the spirit, places where that encouragement is is nurtured and it becomes contagious and um and grows and becomes a, a force again in the world, for good. That's that's my hope. But I, uh, I'm not going to try to tell anyone that it's <laughs> that it's easy. It, it's easy. I think it's hard before it's easy.